Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. And Gibby, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Guys, on for the ride on a Thursday, in, <clears throat> excuse me, installment of our program here at Blue Sky Golf Club. Boy, what a wonderful day it is today. Hayes, if you're not playing golf today, you're getting it wrong. Yeah, wow. 80 degrees and beautiful skies, and doesn't look like there's a lot of wind out there. So, yeah, beautiful, pristine conditions. And, uh, yeah, it's always uh, great to be out here, and I always love seeing the planes take off, too. I think that's really cool. You know I've decided, Brooks? I turn specifically away from the planes. Yeah. You know where I want to live? Where would you like to live? Here. I want to live right where I live in Jacksonville, Florida. You know that? You gotta I mean, I want to live here. I, I mean, I, I tell people that, you know, I want to live here. The weather's pro- – I think our weather, is, for me, is about perfect. It oh, gets, it's, it's cold enough. I, I don't like cold weather. It's awesome. But I, but I, I don't know that I'd want to live in Miami where it let, never even gets to 60 or whatever, Correct. you know? So I think, um, I think it's about perfect. I think it's perfect. That's my, that's my, comment. That's my comment of the day. Yep. This is this place to live. We may, not, we may not have everything figured out. We've got yeah, that the part. where to live part yeah. figured out. I think that's why so many former Jaguars live here. It is. Because yeah. they realize this city has everything that you'd yeah. ever need. Yeah. And the, you know, a lot of people like to live in Charlotte. Charlotte's a wonderful place to live. But I don't know that I need a month and a half of high 38 and low – yeah. 18 or high 41. I don't need that. I don't need a month. I'm good. You never have to shovel heat. Uh, you don't have to shovel heat. Very profound. Uh, we're live at uh, Blue Sky. Let me tell you that once again, the number to call here is 904-446-2899 if you want to have an event here. Here's how busy this place can get. I said it before. I don't care what country club you belong to. They don't have a better bar set up than this place does. I, I don't care. And I, and I live in a wonderful country club in Jack's Golf, and I've lived there for 23 years, and I love it. But this place is just magnificent. They had in the room we're in now. They just had a lunch party. In the room next door, the other private room, they had a lunch party. And I think tomorrow there's four parties here. Wow! Four parties here tomorrow before dinner time. Are you crashing? I might. Yes, I might. <laughs> so, but because the, the food's good, I just had lunch here. It was fantastic. You've eaten here, mm-hmm. so it is. It is really fantastic, as well as a terrific golf course. If you want to put on a private event, really affordable, beautiful views of the golf course. And all all the rooms have these beautiful views of the golf course. I'm telling you, it's a great place. Uh, 904-446-2899. We're, we're honored to come here. Uh, one more time after this, uh, Blue Sky. It's been a fun fall uh, seeing our friends at the, uh, in the golf world and, and a wonderful golf course like this, a fun municipal golf course. So it's good to be out here. All right, a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, Trevor's toe. Trevor's going to play, I think. I went to, he said he was going to play. We'll talk a little bit about the game. The... Uh, is there a way to topple the Titans? I want to get to that coming up. We've got a full, full, uh, day full of guests today. Greg McGarity comes by. I can't wait to see Greg. Like you said on the handoff, he deserves a victory lap. He got, the game he, he got the game he wanted to get. He got the game he needed to get. He got South Carolina and Notre Dame. This is no disrespect to the Mississippi schools or to Wake Forest or to Rutgers or to all the schools that have come here for whatever reason. But he needed a really good regional draw against a really big national name. Check, check. 
and I think he got them both. So he'll he'll come by at two forty. Uh, Jordan Mincy's going to join us at the top of the hour by phone. Uh, Jordan Mincy, the uh, JU basketball coach, what a nice win for JU last night. Went up there to went up VCU. That's a buy, that's a buy game, by the way. They pay you to come to that game, right? You come up and make – I don't even know what they make. You know, you know what it is per game? I do not know, but like I would grand guess or something like, you know? somewhere around there, yeah, like for the guarantee games. Yeah, so I'll take your hundred grand and beat you. That's what the so – yeah, you went up there, took – and by the way, won the game without Omar Payne. Omar Payne was got like a knee, I think, or something. Just, just a, It's a minor thing. Went up there without a guy that you would think would be their most dominant player, a guy that the guy that's played in, in two different Power Five conferences. Went up there without Omar Payne and won the game, which is pretty good stuff. That's awesome. And VCU had won 10 in a row at home. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so VCU is a very good home team. So, Jay, you went up there. And Jay's pretty good now. So, uh, watch the Florida game. We'll certainly talk about that uh, coming up uh, in a bit as well. Brett Hastings stops by at 320. So, uh, Greg McGarity, Jordan Mincy, Brett Hastings, and then we'll wrap the show with news and notes. So, a lot of stuff to get to. By the way, did you watch the Gator game at all last night? Did you watch a it? little bit, but it was so disappointing. I didn't <laughs> stick with it. Did you watch it? I did watch it yeah. until about halfway through the second half, and yeah. then it was, it was very say, frustrating. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, I said, okay, this is over. Yeah, they're I'll, not going to make it. If you're not going to make anything, I'm not going to watch you. <laughs> yeah, this isn't easy. <laughs> you have to I'm earn gonna, my yeah, wa- yeah, if viewership. Yeah, break everything <laughs> and you throw up there, then I'm going to move on with my life. And again, it's harder than ever. I'm not making excuses for Todd Golden. It's harder than ever for a new coach because now you're not just a new coach inheriting a team. You're now, you're now a new coach inheriting the bones of a team after the portal, after a lot of guys left. That's, that's the way the world – that's the world we live in now. But having said that, in seven-plus years as the Florida basketball coach, Mike White got beat by 20 points one time. Do you realize that? One 20-point loss in seven years. Todd's got two of them now, We're not, and it's not yet Christmas. You know, so now again, that team's really good. Last night, I mean, they might win the national championship. They they got national title written all over them. I mean, that they're, they're that's a, I mean, big, physical, fast, skilled. I mean, that team is really that team's a lot like the 2014s. That team's a lot of how big. Remember Patrick Young and, and and you get they were physical. Remember how physical that team was. They had all they had all the pieces. And this that UConn team last night reminded me of the Florida team. That went to the Final Four and lost to another UConn team. Right, so that that team was reminded me of them. Mike White was so stressed about defense, so I, I, his teams were never going to lose by that much. Good point. Todd Golden is definitely not that way. That's a good. And that's, he doesn't necessarily have the guys he wants in his offense yet. So I think eventually yeah. that will be reduced. Hey, that's a good read. Mike White was defensive minded. You get the hunch that Mike that Todd Golden will be offensive minded. And look, he just in fairness to the guy, he just got there. Guys were leaving left and right the program. He's got to build a program. And then he runs into UConn, who's real. I'm not, I'm not down on Mike White. I mean, uh, Todd Golden. He, he, just got, he just got the job. But I will tell you, I think they're going to really struggle. I, I think they're going to struggle in the SEC. I think they're going to be uh, – they haven't been under 9-9 nine and nine in the SEC in forever. I'd be surprised if they're – if they win nine SEC games, I'd be shocked. And now, now, like you said, maybe they come around. I think they're going to come around. Yes, but I – I think they're pretty talented. I just – you know, last night they just – couldn't make anything and yeah. you know again i do think they're playing a team that you know we're all probably all gonna have going pretty far yeah if, if they stay healthy yeah, yeah. um so i in the sec's brutal i get that but uh but i, I there's something that castleton isn't gonna he's slumping mm-hmm. this is gonna be his slump and he's gonna come out of it soon and if there's any silver lining it is that at least the slump will be over by the time they get into sec play i hope it plays out because I, I don't think he's gonna I mean, yeah. he's, he's been – Chris talked about it yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he has really been struggling, and he was off again last night. He was, over, he was overmatched by those two. Those two big guys were better than him. So if you want to know if you're going to be in a, a, 
look, I'm rooting for Colin Castleton. I love that he came back. But if you're 6'11 in the NBA, you have to be one of two things. You better be able to make shots, you better be able to make threes, or you better be able to out-physical the guys inside. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But, but we'll see what happens. I, I just think it's – they look – one of the reasons they missed all their shots last night is UConn was forcing them into really bad shots. Bad, they were taking a bad shot. They took fast shots, bad shots. So, so we'll, hopefully I'm wrong. And, uh, but I would be – I would predict, if you ask me to predict right now, I would predict a sub – 500 SEC season for the first time in who knows how long. We'll see. We'll see if I'm right. I hope yeah. I'm By the right. way, mark your calendars for January 7th. That's Georgia at Florida. So yeah. Yeah, Mike not, White coming yeah, back yeah. to And I'm not so. sure Georgia's very good either. I, I'm I, not sure either. It just will be interesting yeah, to yeah, see yeah. the style of the two teams, if he gets booed, if he gets yeah. applauded, all that stuff. Yeah, the fair, the, He's going to get booed. Yeah, I would think he'll get booed yeah. too. The uh, the fairness Because he wasn't fired. He left on his right, own. Correct. Right. Georgia, right. So. Yeah. I, and I would think I, that I think he's going to get booed. The measure of either of those two coaches is what are they in year three? And that includes Todd Golden. The, me- the measure of who, how good a job he's doing isn't now, and it's not in two months either. It's just not fair. So, but, we'll, but we'll see. I don't, I don't think Georgia's very good either. Georgia lost by one point two nights ago to Georgia Tech, so they're 7-3 and three now, I think. So they're probably my, – my guess is those two teams will be similar, and they will be in the, in the bottom half of the SEC. But we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll talk some uh, – I want to talk some Jaguar football. I've got a lot of things to get to today on the program. Chad Muma is on the injured list with an ankle. What is his update? Have you heard an update from him? I think it's it's questionable if he plays. I think yeah. it's day to day. I think you know it's. I think it's a concern. Yeah. Because um, any and if he plays, if he's active Sunday, he's not going to be one hundred percent. So if he doesn't play, we're right back to Devin Lloyd. What does that mean? That means the Tennessee Titans are going to have probably one hundred and thirty yards from their tight ends receiving combined, and maybe a touchdown or two on Sunday. That's what it tells me. I mean, again, again, hopefully Chad Muma can play. But, I mean, in the event that he doesn't. Yeah, in the event that he doesn't, I guess you just hope that Devin Lloyd, whatever funk he was going through, his mind is cleared, and all of a sudden now he's back to the guy that we saw earlier in the season and, and certainly the player we saw at Utah. My question is, if Muma doesn't play, then who's the third linebacker? Because obviously they've been playing yeah. Aluakon, yeah. Muma, and Lloyd, so who goes in at that point? Yeah, Shaq Quarterman. I got that answer. Shaq okay. Quarterman, because you were one step ahead of me. Shaq Quarterman is the third linebacker. Shaq Quarterman's strengths and weaknesses, the weaknesses are he, he's, he doesn't run. So he's going to have trouble covering that tight end you're talking about. His strength, though, is he will hit you in the mouth now. He is a physical guy, so you are one step ahead of me. If, if Muma can't play, and Devin Lloyd will start the game because he struggled some, you're playing Derrick Henry. You're playing, physical foot, you're playing a physical football team who's going to get back to being the physical football team that they are. Does Quarterman play some there? I wonder. I wonder if Quarterman comes in some in the event. Again, like we're ahead of ourselves. Muma may play and we're fine. But assuming in the event that Muma didn't play, do you see Shaq Quarterman in some circumstances instead of Devin Lloyd? You might not have any choice. I mean, I think ideally you would have Devin Lloyd go wire to wire uh, and not come off the field you know, with a Luacon. But will he play up to that? And I think it's a big concern. And – you know, as we've said, I you know, hopefully it's it's more with Devin Lloyd. It, it's he'll play the run fine. It's more of just defending the pass and in coverage and knowing where to be. But you know, you can't give Tennessee easy ones. And if if he doesn't know who to cover, and Tennessee does have a couple decent tight ends, um, they uh, you know. So I, I think it's 
it's an area where the Titans could certainly hurt the Jaguars. Yeah, Aaron, Hooper's good, and the, the rookie's good. The rookie's good. Yeah, yeah. So they've got, they've got two actually pretty good tight ends. No, you're, you're exactly right about that. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think Trevor's going to play. I think Trevor will play okay. I, I think uh, they've got to help him a little bit. So, uh, so how do they go about it? So we'll talk a little Jags Titans on the program today. We'll talk a little college basketball, what happened last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jordan Mincy joins us later on. And then Greg McGarrity at 240, Jordan at 3, Brett Hastings at 320. We've got a lot of things to do. We're glad you're with us here. We're live at Blue Sky and happy to be here. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Hey, we welcome you back to the program. We're glad you are here as we uh, continue along here live from Blue Sky Golf Club. Man, what a day it is. These guys just got done playing. It's a beautiful day here. Great bar, great restaurant here. Glad you're along with us here at Blue Sky. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Dylan Denmark back at World Headquarters filling in for Andrew Gibson. Gibby's on the call along with Mia for a lot of that Fortegra basketball. Now they're going to do a great job and, and have a great time doing that. So we are glad Dylan is filling in uh, on the program. Uh, once again, um, so the Titans—they are 27 years in. That's the nemesis. More than the Steelers ever were, more than the Ravens ever were, more than the Colts or the Texans. You—they're the nemesis. Wouldn't you? If there's an arch rival, nemesis, villain, that's the one. And there's no doubt by right? a mile. By by a mile. Right. Which is saying something because the Colts did have Peyton Manning for you know fifteen <laughs> yeah. years, yeah. Uh, but I, I think the the Titans have taken more from the Jaguars than any other franchise, and the problem is it doesn't feel like the Jaguars have really ever taken anything of consequence away from the Titans. That's correct. You know, I mean, they've beaten the Titans here and there, but it never feels like it's cost Tennessee really anything. And uh, so, yeah, it's been fairly one-sided, unfortunately. I mean, this, this is the enemy. And, uh, and, 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 and it started in 99. 99 is when it started. When the Jaguars had what I think was the best team in the National Football League, I would have loved to have seen them play the Rams that year. I really would have. I, I know the Rams were legendary for the way they threw the football, but I would have loved the Jags. The Jags were, lost three games all year long. All year long. It was all to the Titans. And, uh, and that, was a tough, that was a tough go. Steve McNair and the Titans were very good. And it never, it never seems from 99 on, like you said, we never got caught up. We never had our day. There's some years where you beat them. There's some years where you went deeper. I mean, I mean, to be clear, the Jaguars have been to some championship games, you know. But you never quite caught them. And, and they're the nemesis. And here we go. Two, we, it's really weird that they're not playing until December. Mike Keith and I talked about that mm-hmm. yesterday. But now you get them twice in five games, and you liked where you stood against them four or five weeks ago. Now, once again, what's the line, by the way? Three and a half. Line's three and a half. So it's a, so it's a close game. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, – there's still – you got to – if you're ever going to – if anything positive is ever going to happen with your franchise, you got to beat those guys. You got to – that's the team you got to take down before you become what you want to become. And look, their team's not feeling that good about themselves either. It's not just you that's, that's suffering from, I'm not sure how good we are. They just happen to be in a much better position as far as in the division. Look, I think the hatred of the Titans can even be as recent as 2017. You win the division and you can't beat them either time, whether up there in Nashville or in Jacksonville. And honestly, the game in Jacksonville wasn't even close. So 
I think there's something about they are just that tougher, more physical team, and that's in Jaguars' heads. I, without doubt. I mean, I and again, it, it feels like it could turn. The problem is I do think they have an outstanding coach in Mike Vrabel, who I think is going to now have power over everybody in the organization. And we'll see what kind of a personnel per, you know, decision maker he is. But he's an outstanding coach. He's created an outstanding identity there. Um, and, and even though they, their talent may dip in the next couple of years, uh, is he savvy enough to overcome that? I think Doug Peterson's very good too. I, and I think we'll, I think the evidence of that will continue to come in, in 2023. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a concern. I mean, I'd love Mike Vrabel to go coach Ohio State. That'd be <laughs> fantastic. Because yeah. um, they play tough with yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, man. they just, you know, I mean, I, I remember in that uh, game in Jacksonville in 2017, like, he was so excited to beat the Jaguars. Like, he ran off the field. Right. I think it was like 9-6. Right. It, was, it was just an utter street fight. And uh, – and, like, when the final whistle blew, I mean, he literally ran to midfield, shook Doug Marone's hand, and ran yeah. into the locker room. He was so fired up. And it's just it's one of those things. you you got to tip your, your hat to the Tennessee for discovering him and, and giving him the head job. And as long as he's there, I think they're going to be a problem. I mean, I think he's in the same cloth of Tomlin and John Harbaugh and, and coaches that they may dip. But I don't think they're 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 never going to go through any sort of long rebuild or anything like that. And and again, the Titans are a concern because you know they're they're pretty good at fixing their problems, and uh, and they've got the best running back of his generation. Is the difference the main difference right now between the Titans and the Jaguars that the Titans have drafted better? Maybe not the last year or two, but overall over the last five years, what makes up your roster? They've drafted better than the Jaguars have. Yes. Well, this cup is also drafted. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. Than the Jaguars <laughs> yeah. have over Very the last true. five years. But yeah. yeah, they have. I they've, mean, they've, they've drafted buy a better. Good, a good bit, and they've had stability. You know, they've they've had they haven't had a horde of they've had a handful of coaches, but not they've got stability. The, the, you know how the fran- the franchise feels. Stable, even though they just fired their GM, it does feel like a stable franchise. The uh, they've drafted better, uh, and they drafted Derrick Henry. I mean, Der- I mean, who knows what they are the last five years without him? I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean who knows? In I mean, the second round, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so, so they and, and they they have that over everybody, just not over Jacksonville. But here's the here's the interesting part. And we'll talk more about this tomorrow. But here's the interesting part. And I say the, the that, that whole if a lot, but I'll if it again. If the Jags win the game. Okay, the Jags then are five and eight. That's not a great record, but it's five and eight. It's not one and something or two and something. The the Titans are then seven and six. You're now two games back with four to play, and one's against them. And you've erased the Lions' loss, the embarrassing Lions' loss. And you and you've you've erased a little bit of the aura. If you beat them in their yard, if you go up there and punch them and beat them in their place, so that's the significance of this. If they win the game, you're two back with four to play. I don't sense that, that Indianapolis is going to be in it. You know, no. I don't know what, who, I don't even know who they play. This it doesn't week. matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not in it. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they, they, they play. They may not win another game. Yeah, they may have a bye because the they, Colts they, they, take on the Vikings okay. not this weekend. Uh, they have oh, a bye right. okay. the so next time they play. Yeah, so they're off, and then they play. So, so then they've got the Chargers, the Giants, and they finish at the Texans. Yeah. So, so, but the point is, if you go beat them. You're two back with four to play. That still doesn't change the fact that one got away from you and others have gotten away from you. But you're still, 
you're still two back with four to play, and you get them again. And not only do you play them again, but you play a team you've already beaten on your turf, two back with So it sounds crazy, but we're sitting here on December 8th talking about a game that's going to be played on December 11th and still in this thing. That's that, there's, if you can forget about what happened last week, somehow purge that from your mind, you're still playing. And by the way, one of the reasons you're playing a meaningful game is because the division's so bad. Okay? It's, it's not just how, that you've done better. But who cares? Like Mike Keith said on our program yesterday, no one's apologizing. Just get in the tournament. Beat them, beat them this week. Two back with four to play and another game against them, only this one's on our turf, and you've already beaten them once. Yeah, and, and I don't think in those other three weeks it's, it's hard to imagine the Titans going 1-2 and two and the Jaguars going 2-1. and one. Look, the Jaguars are going to be an underdog at home against Dallas. But I think the Titans are going to be an underdog at the Chargers, assuming there's no major injuries to keep people between now and then. All right, so they probably both lose that week. Then the next week, the Titans will be favored at home over Houston. The Jaguars at the Jets, maybe Jets by one. I I don't think that's going to be. If the the Jaguars win win in, in Nashville, then that that affects that some too, you know. So so, but again, you keep going. But but certainly, again, I, I would win. say a, a, game a coin flip. Game. Yeah, right. Agree. I agree. I totally agree. Then then the next one is the Jaguars go to Houston, and I I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. But the Jaguars will be favored yeah, that's in right. that game. The Titans host Dallas and will be an underdog. Yeah. So that's the game. That's the week where if you can beat them Sunday and then just stay yeah. with them over the next two. If they lose, you lose. If, if they yeah. win, you've got to win. If you can just stay with them. Then they lose to the Cowboys. You beat the Texans in Houston. And then the, fina- the finale settles the division. I mean, it, again, I think they're losing Sunday. But it's fun to play. Well, yeah, right. I'll play this game for the <laughs> until four, four o'clock for yeah. the three more days yeah, that yeah, I can right, play it. That's right. We've been playing it with point differential for yeah. weeks now. Anyway, I think this game take playoffs aside, winning the division aside, right. this game means so much just to have the albatross no off question. of your back. No question. Like yeah. just so we're not talking about 2013 yeah. over and over and over again. That's a great point. That that's the best point. That's the best point. That's the point that we had our we had our broadcast meeting today, and, and Baselli made kind of the same point. You can talk playoffs all you want. This game's bigger than playoffs. It's you beat the Titans. You beat the Titans on their turf. At some point, you've got to beat those guys. And that, and, that, and that is a great point. At some point, you've got to beat those guys. And that's, Maselli that, stole it from me. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you're, but, because that is, that is a larger point than the playoffs. Whether you get the playoffs or not, you gotta, at some point, you can't keep getting bullied. At some point, you've got to hit the bully in the mouth. And, and, and by the way, there's... No stories in the world better than the bully getting hit in the mouth. It's in every movie. How many movies, right? Yeah. The, the bully's been bullying you and bullying you, and you've had enough, and pow! There's nothing better in, in the world than the bully getting hit in the mouth. Well, it's about time to – but can you do it? That's the question. You've got to be able to do it, you know? And, and speaking of movies and going back to 2013, I mean, and how long this streak is – were they even making like Avengers movies in 2013? <laughs> like, I mean, you're a wrong long, guy, bro. Long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, long time uh, for it to be you know nearly 10 years. So yeah, I mean, hopefully they get it done. Obviously, Vegas thinks right. it's going to be a very close game. Um, you know, so, we'll see. The right. first one was in 2012. So barely. <laughs> so you're close. Yes. How about okay. that? Brand How about new. That? 
And, they, and they've only made about 79 of those movies. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm older than you guys, but to me the Avengers are Diana Rigg, okay, and Patrick <laughs> McNee. Those are my Avengers, just so you know that. And Lauren has no idea who I'm talking about. Nope, right? no, no, none. No. You do. I do. She has no idea. Well, we didn't talk about the fact that Kirstie Alley passed away. I, I was, very was very, very yeah. saddened by that. Yeah, that happened fast. It, it did. did. I mean, she, yeah, I'm a big Kirstie I'm like you, I'm a big Kirstie Alley fan um, the, uh, for, for, for a myriad of reasons. Um, number one, uh, Cheers. Number of two, course. all the other. And the greatest movie that never got its due, please. The greatest summer movie that never got its due. <laughs> summer school. Never got its due. Yeah. Okay. Like, like Super 70 Sports said one yeah, time. How movie. he didn't win the Academy Award for that. Yeah. That was wrong. How wrong was that? <laughs> it's a great movie. And Courtney Thorne Smith has never looked better. That's right. And that's all I got for you. Yep. The, uh, uh, let's get to the basketball for a second. I wanna, Jordan Mincy joins us at the top of the hour because we're going to talk Gator, Gatorball football in a minute. I wanted to get back to the, the Florida basketball thing we saw yesterday. Are we at a. I mean, UConn's great. The, the North Carolina struggling with Duke. Is there a possibility that Florida State, because Florida State's not very good this year, but in fairness to them, they haven't had Bob and Miller, and they've had a good, they're entitled to a bad year. But are we, are we, are our teams going to be good in basketball? I mean, are we, are we, I've always said Florida's not a basketball school. I watched that game last night. It was not sold out. There were, literally, it felt like as many UConn fans as there were Florida fans. UConn. This isn't the, Steelers are the Cowboys. And when they asked Danny Hurley about that, did you see this? They asked Danny Hurley about the crowd, how the UConn fans, he said, yeah, it felt like a neutral site game. That jarred me. And I know it's basketball in our state, but it feels like when they're no good, nobody goes to Florida State games. Nobody goes to Florida games. Is, it, is, is the heyday over? Is, it, is, is, the, is the heyday of basketball, in, in, at least in the, in the big level, I think JU's going to be very good. I think UNF's had some great runs. But, I mean, is the, it, it, the, it's a power five level. Is the heyday of basketball gone? For the, for the Gators? Gators, Knowles, Miami, anybody. I think Miami, seven and three. I think it's gone for the Gators because the SEC is so deep now that I think it's going to be awfully difficult for Florida to have a 15-year run where they're either first or second in the SEC. I think that's done. It's just it's going to be way too competitive. Totally and, agree with that. And so I, I hate that I agree, with, but that's, that's kind of where I'm going with the comment. Yeah. With the so I, I think for Florida, yeah, it's a totally different landscape. It used to just be, okay, you got to worry about Kentucky, and maybe one other program will sort of rise up right. in a very short cycle right. of success. Now you've got eight or nine programs Correct. that all feel like you know they are. You know their their goal is to win a national title. Yeah, the, and it was never like that. The SEC was Kentucky and whoever else happened to be good for a while. It was Florida for a while, and Florida was probably the best of the others because Florida did go to five Final Fours. None of the rest of them have done that. Florida sustained it for yeah, a long yeah. time. From from yeah. ninety four through fourteen, Florida went to five Final Fours. No, nobody. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but I can't believe other than Kentucky, anybody else in the league did that. Oh no, can't, weren't even close. I bet right? you no one even went to more than like two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 Florida went to, but but it was always Kentucky. Then whoever. For a while, it was Kentucky and LSU when they had Shaq and Booty Macklin, all those guys on that stretch. Arkansas had it, a run. It was a chance mm-hmm. where it was Kentucky and it was Arkansas with Nolan Richardson and Scotty Thurman and Lee Mayberry and Oliver Miller and, and, all, and, and that run, okay? And they had a little stretch. But now, I just watched that game last night and came away thinking, is that run, is it over? Because, again, when the UConn coach, UConn, the game's in Gainesville, Florida. It's not in a big city where you can get to for uh, easy to fly into. I mean, if you, did, they, did the UConn fans fly to Gainesville? Do they live in Orlando? 
But when the when, it's not like it's a neutral site game in Orlando. I could live with that. Or Tampa. They're getting ready to play Ohio next week in Tampa. I'm not talking about that. This game was in Gainesville, Florida at 9 o'clock at night. And the UConn coach said after the game, felt like a neutral. What in the world? Well, I mean, again, it's going to feel like that when you basically aren't competitive in the game at all. You right. give your That's fans right. very right. little to cheer about. Um, and, and I do think, and look, I fall victim to this. Until it's January... I don't really care. Yeah, I no. mean, unless they're unbelievable. Now, if they're you. unbelievable, I'll watch them. Yeah. But if they're just a middling, yeah, decent yeah. team, I don't start watching until we get to, like, January 3rd and 4th, and they're playing in the SEC, and, okay, now I'm, yeah. I'm ready for college basketball. I, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break. Greg's gonna, Greg McGarrity's going to join us. Uh, so excited about the Gator Bowl. But I'm going to ask Greg, too, as an athletic director at a Deep South football power, what are the basketball expectations? You know, because he'll have a good feel for that. And so, it's an, you know, think about it because it's, it's an interesting world. Let's take a break. Let's break real it. quick, uh, North Carolina went to at least five in that time frame. We're talking about SEC schools. Yeah. Up there, right? Okay, so just Because Michigan then State probably did too. Michigan State yeah. did, yeah. And so then uh, Kentucky came close. I, I think they only have four, though. Yeah, but nobody else in the SEC no. anywhere near it. No. That, that was kind of the point. We'll take a break. Greg McGarity joins us to talk about a fantastic Gator Bowl matchup. Can't wait to talk more about that uh, after this. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us. Greg McGarity is here, the president, CEO, Grand Poobah, czar. <laughs> you happy? Congratulations. Yeah, we're excited, and I think the community is excited, and, uh, you know, college football is excited. Yeah, these are, these are really sad. Take us through it. We knew you wanted a regional team, and you got one. And I know you stood your ground on that. I'll be honest with you. I told you during the break. I was fearful you were going to get the team, an SEC team that wasn't yeah. from around here. So how did it all happen? Well, it all had to start with Utah winning. Utah doesn't beat Southern Cal, then Notre Dame and uh, – FSU are off the table because Tampa would have had a pick then. Right. And then Steve Hogan, I'm sure, would have picked the either the one that the Tampa Bowl didn't pick. So uh, Utah had to win. And so that happened, and that started the wheels turning to where uh, eventually uh, the SEC provided South Carolina to us and the ACC provided Notre Dame to us. So those schools had to work with their conferences and where they'd want to go and things of that nature. And that uh, – we had a conference call at 3.30 on Sunday okay. where we met with the Holiday Bowl and uh, uh, Cheez-It Bowl to go through the picks. And, you know, I think what won out between us and the Holiday Bowl was the, the compelling matchups because I think they knew that a South Carolina-North Carolina matchup would not work because right. they played last year in the bowl game and they start the 2023 season off together again in Charlotte. So. Really, by default, that kind of sent Notre Dame here. But okay. until you hear that, and we found, you know, at 3.45, the decisions were finalized. And so the announcement came at 4, so there wasn't a lot of turnaround time there. So, so Greg, who else? Did somebody have to pass South Carolina for, you, for them to be available for you? You know, I don't know the inner workings of the SEC office. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, I think they were giving priority to South Carolina because in that pool you had South Carolina and uh, – Mississippi State right. in that pool there. And you had uh, Kentucky with seven wins, and then you had a bunch of six-win teams. So 
Ole Miss would have been in that place. Ole Miss, but Mississippi State beat Ole Miss, so right. they could okay. not put them in. So they were basically I out. So uh, I just think South Carolina wanted to be here. Notre Dame wanted to be here. They wanted to play each other. We wanted it, and uh, we got lucky, and it all worked out. From a football standpoint, it should be a really compelling game. What excites you about the on-field matchups between these two? Well, I think South Carolina has so much momentum after their two wins, and Notre Dame was really, really close with Southern Cal, as we all know. So two teams that are on the upswing. You know, Marcus Freeman, his first year, Shane's, you know, in his infancy at South yeah. Carolina. you got two fan bases that are stoked, and – Certainly South Carolina is driving the, the crowd. Right. Uh, Notre Dame is more of a national crowd. So I think you'll see uh, probably a lot more garnet and, and black rather than uh, uh, the green of the Irish. Were there heated conversations behind the scenes? No, there never are. I mean, we're all, we all sit in the same room. We all talk with each other. We understand that sometimes it's going to work your way. Other times it's not. Like last year, it really didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this year uh, it did. So – you know, you figure the uh, <clears throat> you'll get the benefit of the doubt every now and then, and so things just fell our way. But again, it wouldn't have ever. Had, you had to be so lucky. Yeah. Again, Southern Cal losing triggered the whole thing. God bless Cam Rising. Yeah, right, right. Hey. <laughs> so, so the, absolutely. The Cheez It Bowl picked Florida State. That's correct. They had the choice of Florida State or Notre Dame. Correct. And if Correct. they if they'd have picked Notre Dame, would we have had Florida State? Or yes. Would, okay. Okay. So you were getting one of the. Now, I'm not sure who would have been on the other side. I mean, right. It could have been South Carolina says no, we'd rather go play Illinois and uh, all those gotcha. things there. So. Uh, oh, that tells me that that helped us for Steve, but Steve understands too. He's got Oklahoma on the other side. And that's who runs it, Steve. Steve Hogan run, with the uh, Cheez It Bowl. Right. You know, he's got to sell tickets. An Oklahoma right. Notre Dame game would probably be great from a brand standpoint, but he's got to have fans in the seats. Why he took and FSU? So FSU drives that. Also, FSU opens the season next year against LSU in Orlando. Right, right. So there was a lot of uh, interest there, but certainly FSU was really attractive to, to everyone. And it, and it helped, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but, but something happened to knock. Notre Dame out of the – was the Utah game the one that knocked them out of the ReliQuest Bowl? Yes. Okay, that's yes. what it was. So yes. Utah beat USC, knocked Notre Dame and FSU out of the ReliQuest Bowl. That's correct. That's, correct. that's what was big. Okay, that, that was gigantic. It had to work. Did you like seeing uh, TCU stay in? Were you happy with Absolutely. what the committee did? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, I was so impressed with their fight and determination and – they should not have been kept out of the top four after lo- after already beating the team earlier in the year. So uh, if it had been a lopsided score, maybe. But you really shouldn't be penalized for playing the 13th game for your championship game. So I'm really happy that the committee recognized that and kept them in the top four. And whether should they, they should have been three or, three or four, I don't know. But you know in the room that they were going to match up Mich- uh, Michigan and Ohio State the first round. That was not going to happen. How are ticket sales going? Great. I mean, we're down. Uh, you know, we've we've got about seven thousand left. Wow. So that's it. That's it. <laughs> so really, yeah. What's the capacity for the game? Well, we're at uh, Jags. What seat? Seventy-two. Seventy. Uh, less than that. Okay. But but, but, but sixty-five plus sixty-five seventy somewhere in there. So uh, you, you may sell that thing out. Yeah, I mean that's the goal wow. is to. How about that? So we should uh, have an environment like the Georgia Florida game. When's the last time that happened? Wow. Well, you had a great crowd for Tennessee and Indiana in 2019. Okay. The the thing everybody remembers 2020, the COVID year, and and 21 last year where it was yeah. just you know yeah. 20,000 or so. So this is the first time I've experienced a full house here, and uh, <clears throat> just really happy that it worked out. And so many people had so many. You never know the touch points. 
yeah. about whether it was all of our committee volunteers that scout every game, and so you never know the impact the Green Jackets had at a Notre Dame game or a South Carolina yeah. game. It just so many things had to fall into play. Tax Slayer was a played a huge role in this. They're in Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. so close to South Carolina. So that just it, it just adds so many things there that you know going into to Saturday night you're saying, well, God, everything's pointing to this happening. Yeah. But you never know what can happen when you get into contractual language and are there outs that you really right. haven't right. dug into enough. So did you stay up and watch Utah-USC? I absolutely did. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Well, okay, that game ends and Utah wins. Well, you know, it looked, it's obvious they were going to win. They rolled them. Did you then think you had South Carolina Notre Dame? I mean, Absolutely. Friday, you did. I mean, that's where my no mind, other, okay, that's you had where that we one. pivoted to. That was those, those two teams. Right, but we weren't certain that that was yeah. going to happen. No, I know. I mean, that was uh, that so. was that gave it an opportunity to happen. Got it. Otherwise. Because it, it took Notre Dame out of Tampa. Absolutely. That's what it did. So and what, FSU out of Tampa as well. Yes, so that's right. That's it dropped right. at the Cheez-It and then us in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, so, so, you, were, so you were then in play. <laughs> So you wake up Saturday, you talk to your staff. It looks like well, how did take me through the weekend. No, they knew exactly what we talked about. You know, okay. we, you know, Friday night we needed a, a Utah win. We got that. Right. You know, Saturday we were kind of texting each other, hey, we got a chance, and, you know, kind of keep positive vibes at the same time. Don't get ahead of yourselves yeah, and assume right. something's going to happen and right. walk in the door and it doesn't happen. And, and did, you know, did you talk to Steve Hogan? Uh, yes. Okay, you knew off he, and on. You knew he was taking FSU. I, 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 he did not tell me that, but yeah. I had a sense. Yeah, we talked about that too. I had a sense that's what he would do, just because of ticket yeah. sales. Right. When you're in Orlando, Florida, and and tickets are harder to sell than ever, and you've got Florida State, you take them. Who is a partner with you really to be able to play right. the, mm-hmm. the yeah. one-off games there, like against LSU right. next year to start the season? Okay, so they've come to town. How does that work? Who's staying? Who's doing what? Well, South Carolina, who came down for their site visit yesterday, they're staying out at the Sawgrass Marriott and practicing at Ponte Vedra High. Okay. And then Notre Dame came in yesterday, spent the night, left around 11 this morning, you know, 80-degree weather. And Lauren, I think, was saying it's 40 degrees there right. now. Tomorrow so will be snowing. I told them, tell them you need a couple more days to work out the trip. <laughs> and so uh, they'll be staying up at uh, Amelia Island yeah. at the Omni and then practicing at Fernandina Beach High School. Okay, okay. So they'll be in those quadrants really until game yeah. day when they'll travel into Jacksonville. You told us an interesting story. What happens when they're here? What do you have them do? And and they make some choices about what they want to do too, right? Well, we, we want to be known as, as a very rela- relaxing bowl that doesn't cause people to get dressed up or put ties on or things of that nature. So on the uh, <coughs> Carolina's coming in on Christmas Day. Notre Dame's coming in the 26th. On the 27th, they'll switch off going to Top Golf and to Mayport to tour a ship, whatever ship's in port. And they'll flip on the 28th. Right. And then you get to the 29th, and it's day before the game. Right. So there's not a lot of time to really right. uh, have a lot of events. So we want them to enjoy the amenities at these world-class resorts mm-hmm. and uh, steps away from the beach in both facilities. Yeah. So, you know, they want to enjoy that and relax and have some downtime and spend with their families. Did Florida try to lobby you guys to get in? Did you think Florida deserved kind of Las Vegas Bowl? I mean, how did, how did the Gators kind of fit into Well, I was – I was I was Jones and hard for them as a as a backup, <clears throat> but uh, I don't think it could happen because the league I don't think was going to give a six and sixteen preference over an eight win team that wanted to come here. Yeah. Now those I think those discussions will continue. Right. Because uh, I still think that proximity 
is is crucial right. to the survivability of the bowls. And so I've always been if you're bowl eligible, then match up the best locations, whether you're six and six or and you said that eight from, and six. And you said that from day one. Everybody, you, everybody's good. Everybody's getting ready for next year. Yeah, yeah you've, everybody. You've stood your ground on that, and I think it's one of the reasons you got such a great game. You, you, have, you have come on here. You haven't pulled any punches. You haven't faked it. No. You haven't said, "Well, no, we'll take anybody. We're happy with it." You, you, you have. I, I applaud you for that. You come on this radio show, and you haven't said we're happy with anybody. You said this is what I want, yeah. which is really I'm serious yeah. about that. So. Now, because I would think eight and four South Carolina versus six and six Florida, you got to think South Carolina. They're sure, only, they're only, absolutely, they're, they're, absolutely, and they want to come here. The question would have so that was an easy one. The question would have become, what if it's eight and four Mississippi State versus six and six Florida? Then, then, then it's a, then because then you're better off with Florida, absolutely. But would the league have let you do that? I don't. Not right now. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. But things are going to change here down the road, and survivability and maybe there's a different type of financial model that you could have more of a uh, a, a right. higher share when you do well and when you don't do well is right. maybe you're not stuck to a guarantee regardless of ticket sales congratulations on a great game I, i'm very excited about it. let me ask you, i want to ask you one quick question yep. before we get yep. but great job on the game i can't wait we'll have you on more i'm excited about calling the game i'm Good excited day. about all of it absolutely i watched florida yukon last night mm-hmm. i did too the, the yukon's way better the UConn coach said after the game, I just made this comment, it felt like a neutral site game. There were so many UConn fans there. I wonder if any Southern team, other than, any SEC team other than Kentucky, can ever be elite for a while. Florida had pulled it off because they had Billy Donovan. Is, what are the ex- you're the athletic director of Georgia. I know what the expectations are for football. I got that part figured out. I think I know what they are for gymnastics. I think I know what they are for some sports. What are they for men's basketball? What are your... Well, again, you, you have some schools that have a, 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 an advantage from a historical standpoint. And then on the flip side, you've got schools that were nowhere 10 years ago now or on the pedestal. Uh, but I think some schools, there should be an expectation that at least you're in the tournament. Okay. At least you're in the tournament. So that's the expectation. Absolutely. Because if you get in, no telling what can happen. But certainly at the University of Georgia, where we've been to where the last tournament was, uh, oh, my gosh, maybe – 10 years ago. Is that right? It's just Georgia had not won a, 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 an NCAA basketball tournament during Mark Fox's career. A game, a tournament game. A tournament game. They got in twice, but they got smoked twice. Right. So before that, it would have been Dennis Felton when Georgia beat Kentucky in the, That's right. the uh, Tornado Bowl. Tornado. So, so it's the AD at Georgia. If your team's going to the tournament every year and maybe getting to a Sweet 16 every third year or fourth year, that meets expectations. I think any – I think, yes, at, at Georgia, if you're in the show every year, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. would be a goal. That's the first goal because you can't win it unless you get in it. See, I think that was the goal at Florida until they started winning championships. I almost said – I know in the fan base that changed a little bit. Same, would you think – if you were the AD at Florida, same thing? If it was your opinion? No, I think it's – I mean, you've got a pedigree there. You've, you've, you've hung banners there. Okay, you've, so that does I mean, matter. You, you've got the Jordan brand. I mean, you're – you know, the expectations are ramped up, obviously, with Mike White. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see what the That's new – why he left. We'll yeah. see the new crew to do yeah, it. But yeah. there's a, a tremendous amount of pressure on people to perform. And now with the, with the uh, transfer portal, yeah. all bets are off. Yeah. There's no way to st- start stacking a team with class balance. It's out the window now because yeah. you, you developed Severe Wheeler. Georgia was developed into a pretty good point guard yeah. two years with Tom Crean. 
Maybe he develops that. into that. Next year, he's a start point guard for Kentucky. Yeah. You can't make that type stuff up. And, and it's hard to win that way. Greg McGurdy, again, congratulations on your game. That, Can't wait to, as we get closer and closer to Notre Dame, South Carolina. Thanks, well, thanks for y'all's help all year. Appreciate it. It's been it. a lot of fun. Okay, Greg. Well, I'll take a break. We'll keep it on college basketball. When we come back, Jordan Mincy will join us by phone. The JU basketball coach. What a big win JU had on the road at VCU. That's next. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us. Lauren Brooks is along. Hayes Carl, and I'm Frank Frangie. Big win for the JU Dolphins on the road uh, last night. They beat VCU. Jordan Mincy's the terrific uh, coach. Joining us for the first time this season. Jordan, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, congratulations on that win. And you went up there and you win. You went up there without Omar Payne, without Dylan O'Hearn. But I guess it doesn't really matter when you guys play hard. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Great performance last night by the Dolphins. You know what? We just felt like every guy who uh, came in had an opportunity to pull in. Like they were really connected, and it started in our, you know, our our, our previous two tracks, um, and then our shoot around that morning. And you know, we just felt like, um, you know, our staff. We talked about it. our guys had just a, a great level of uh, connectivity uh, amongst themselves, and so it carried over from shoot around. And those guys got into the game last night. Each guy who got in performed well. Jordan, are you seeing the kind of toughness and leadership that you were hoping to see out of your ball club this early in the season? You know what? When we had so many returners from last year's team, um, it allowed for us to kind of, you know, have to carry over and have um, a certain level of toughness. You know, our seniors, Osile Depot, um, Kevin Young, Nolan, those guys, you know, they, they did a great job of leading and kind of telling our newcomers, guys like Jerry Cushel and O'Hearn, and kind of just setting the tempo um, for, you know, what, what our culture is about and um, how we, you know, have mental and physical stuff in this program. Jordan, congratulations on the win, but it's no rest for the weary, no time to celebrate. You're on the bus heading to Wilmington, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. We actually got about two more hours uh, left before we get to Wilmington. And so uh, a lot of our coaches, some of our coaches sleep, but uh majority of our coaches are here watching them try and get prepared. Jordan Mincy with us talking basketball. The the Dolphins are now five and two after the win on the road against VCU. So so how is it different, Jordan? Last year, first year coach, they had to learn who you were. You had to learn who they were. Obviously, they played with a toughness. You're a defensive minded guy, but you're right. Kevion's back now. He played 40 minutes last night. Mike Marsh is back, and he's a really good offensive minded big man. Jordan Davis played a lot of basketball for you. Diasi Powell. These guys all played a lot of basketball. Osai, you talked about him. Now that you've got, now it's the second year. How different is it? How much do you not have to do this year that you had to do last year because they didn't know you? Well, it's funny. You know, a lot of times, you know, you're a coach. And you're and you're coaching. You're trying to give your players your vision. You're trying to give the staff vision. And, you know, this year, a lot of times when we're out there, these guys are walking the time out and they're telling me what they see on the, on the offensive team. Like, hey, coach, you know, they're super aggressive. On the ball screen, we may be in the short roll and try to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, the, the other side of the floor. And so um, just knowing that we have a certain level of communication um, and a certain level of trust throughout the program, it's allowed for me to get those guys, you know, a little more leniency um, on the offensive end of the floor especially. But um, like I said, it's just our trust level is at all time high. Jordan, we've seen the, the A-Sun have some big non-conference wins so far this season. Was that a motivating factor for you guys? It was, you know. We, uh, we get an opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, when we're competing against, you know, uh, different schools within the A-Sun, we obviously want to win. But, yeah, at the same time, especially in the non-conference, we want our, you know, our, our conference to respect it and deserve. So being able to, you know, see 
um, you know, like a Florida Gulf Coast go to USC and knock them off. For us, it allows for, um, you know, a certain level of reference. And you, you're looking at films and say, hey, guys, look, this is what MGCU is doing. But at the same time, we're very capable as well of going out here and getting a major win. And so it's uh, definitely something to build on and, and, and kind of hang our hats. But at the same time, we're just trying to use it as an example to say, look, this is the level we can compete at day in and day out. Jordan, how much have you seen Kevion Nolan grow in your time around him? You know, Kevion is unreal. You talk about a guy when I first got here, he, he was kind of quiet. Um, he was always a really good player, but he had such a small sample size that, um, you know, people didn't really know. They didn't know, like, is he a non-game wonder or is he an all-league performer? And, you know, from my time being around him, he's more just an all-league player. He's an all-league person. He, he, he's an unbelievable um, role model. He's an unbelievable student, ambassador for our university. I mean, this dude's character and the way he is, it goes beyond basketball. I tell them all the time, you know, you're going to be a great father, bro. You're going to be an unbelievable father. Um, you're going to be an unbelievable husband just with the characteristics that um, that he has. So I'm um, just proud of him and proud of the person, the man that he's growing in um, to be. And I'll tell you, I was going to ask the same question, Lauren. It's a great question. He has grown. He's a wonderful guy. Oh, by the way, that basketball part, 20 points, <laughs> 8 assists, Seven boards, four of eight from three point. That part's pretty good too, Jordan. Just in case you're wondering, that part's pretty good too, right? right? It is. It is. He's a guy who got to He feels everything on the session. That's one of the areas we got to challenge them with when we first got here. Is not to be just a guy that scores. You got to be able to do everything. And you know, he's really, uh, especially with the rebound, he, he he's really flourishing that role. Tell me about uh, O'Hearn and Omar. Are they are they okay? Are they with you on the trip? Or what's the update? Yeah, they're here. Um, so Omar Payne has an ankle injury. Um, he's going to be fine. We just want to make sure we don't we don't rush him back. And then Dylan O'Hearn, he he'll, he'll be available to go. He just you know he in the UAB game he had dislocated his shoulder. It wasn't um, wasn't too bad, but we just wanted to make sure our trainer uh, she wanted to hold him out for a couple games, to make sure he was good to go. And like I said, those guys they're they'll be fully healthy. They'll be back soon. Jordan, we had so much fun visiting the new facility uh, last season. Now that you had an off season and, and a and start of a new season, what's that facility been like to have at your disposal? It, it's, it's awesome, you know, um, especially with the time that we get to be on the court with our guys and also just be able to see them day in and day out. It's allowed for our relationships to go to a different level. You know, you come in in the morning and you got multiple guys there and they're shooting, uh, working on their game uh, with a lot of our GAs. And, you know, they'll just stop by the office. They'll come in the hallway and say, hey, Coach, what's going on? And so, you know, it, it allows that you have a relationship beyond basketball. And so um, being able to, you know, build those relationships with our program, but then at the same time, uh, we we did a great job of having camp this, this summer. And I really believe it allowed for us to build those connections in the community that uh, will definitely pay dividends coming up um, in the conference. All right, Jordan Mincy, the JU basketball coach. Jordan, great win, man. It's great to have you on for the first time this season. We're going to do it many more times. Five and two now on your way to play in Wilmington. That was really a good win yesterday. Congratulations, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. All right, take care. Jordan Mincy, and what a great win. What a terrific win for JU. Went up there again. Kevion, by the way, JU was 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Okay, nine of 18 from three-point range. Kevion's numbers again, played all 40 minutes, five of 10 field goals, four of eight from behind the arc made all six of his three throws, seven rebounds from his point guard spot to go with eight assists. 
How's that? What a game. How's that, how's that for, a, how's a that for Kevion Nolan? And, and you know defensively they're going to be outstanding. Correct. So when they shoot like that, yeah. JU, very tough out. And I don't know how many days it's been since the last time JU lost at home. Yeah. Right? It was not last season. That's right. And certainly it hasn't been this season yet. It's early. But still, that, that means that they have certainly built, Jordan Mincy has built something special at JU. No question. I love, you know, I say this all the time. JU basketball, UNF basketball, local basketball, local basketball fans, uh, the Fortegra High School that's going on right now that we're so involved in, that Gibby and me are doing, are calling the games on the radio. I, I am I love this. I, I like this time of year. I, I, like, I love how local the basketball, the, all the stuff UNF's done with their arena. I can't wait. Have you seen it yet? I've not seen I it I have either. not seen it I in person yet, just I, 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 uh, I watching games online. I can't wait to see the, the arena. Matthew Driscoll and I were texting uh, last week about some of this stuff, and I can't wait to go see it and what Jordan's built at JU. I, I, I'd, I, I'd get all geeked up about it. I, I really do. I think, it's, I think it's special stuff. We'll take a break. Uh, Sports and Courts is next. I'm going to ask Brett Hastings about the whole Brittany Griner thing. Which is, which is certainly interesting. And I'm also going to uh, ask him to tell you a little bit about what's coming up tomorrow at, uh, at, the, uh, at the Ale House. I'm so excited about um, uh, the uh, toy drive that uh, brought the, to benefits of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. That's next. Stay with us. Come join the fun. We're live on location. The Frangie Show on 1010XL. Hey, welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us live from Blue Sky. Today we're talking golf on this gorgeous day. What a special day tomorrow is. Uh, tomorrow we will be at the uh, Ale House at uh, the corner of Beach and Hodges. Uh, it's the, uh, our annual toy drive to benefit uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. It is sponsored, as always, by the Hastings Injury Law Firm. It was Brett's idea. Uh, however many years ago, Brett joins us now. Brett, how, do we know how many years this is? I always ask you that. How many years is this? This is the 10th. It is the tenth. That's right. This is the and yeah. this is a uh, Brett. Brett passes on a lot of the credit, but this was his idea to do this, yeah. and it's uh, and it it's was a great Warren idea. Grimes' idea too. So we got to give him credit. You better believe. God rest his soul. It certainly was. So I told him to get to that in a minute. Let's let's talk. We do, it is sports and courts. So let's start with sports and courts. And I don't. I'm not ever going to get into the political side of this because people love to to talk politics. So I'm not going to talk about the politics of it. But the Brittany Griner thing is news today, and we're remiss with not mentioning it. Uh, she has been released uh, with a trade of, 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 of with, with Russia. Brett, is it a, lawyer, a lawyer that, that has tried everything? What do you make of this whole thing? What's, what's the 10,000-foot what's the, the view of this from, a, from an attorney's viewpoint? All the great freedoms and the things that we experience here in the United States of America aren't necessarily granted in other places. So... When you travel, you've got to know where you're at, and you've got to respect those laws because you don't have the same rights. You know, in America, we have a thing called due process, and due process is notice. And that means here's what you're charged with and an opportunity to be heard, okay? That's not necessarily the case in other places in the world, right? And, you know, if somebody thinks that marijuana is not a big deal, and it is a big deal, right, in another part of the world, you can lose your freedom, you can lose a whole bunch of things. And so you kind of started this by saying, hey, I want to stay away from the politics. Well, guess what? When you're in another country, other than diplomacy and the State Department and those things, you find yourself relegated, right, to solely having to deal with, you know, where you're at, those laws. And, you know, without getting into some of those politics, but Russia and other places that are, you know, nation states that I'm personally not a fan of, I would be incredibly careful on anything that you do. Because, you know, um, I think our, our ideas of fairness and, you know, I hate what we've seen go on in this country because 
I think people are more skeptical of our legal system than ever. But I'll tell you what, it's still the best in the world. And uh, so, you know, this just sort of epitomizes it. And you hear today and it's like, you know, this wasn't a jury determining what was right or wrong. These were people bargaining and you give me this person and we'll give you that person. And it's just it's all really unfortunate. Brett, are there attorneys that that aid the governments in these kind of negotiations and in these swaps and, and what kind of what kind of law is that uh, and how unique is that uh, practice of law? You know, most of what took place in this happened, you know, on a diplomatic level through the State Departments. Uh, I, there are basically uh, really sophisticated lawyers in these different jurisdictions that are, you know, Russian lawyers that you would hire to help to try to represent you and to go through that. Uh, you know, those lawyers typically have dealt with situations similar to this, are bilingual, you know, those types of things. But really, you know, they're trying to help them out with the process there, right? They're trying to say, hey, let's win the case here. Let's not be incarcerated. Let's not get to any of those other places, you know? So, and, and I mean... You know, we saw a little bit of it with uh, the World Cup, right, in Qatar, right? And this isn't a place that's open to alcohol. We had these other sponsors, and there are a lot of people going to World Cup games. And if I were going to a World Cup game, I'd be incredibly careful of everything that I would do in Qatar so that you don't find yourself being in this place. And, uh, you know, Hayes Carline thinks he's a pretty big deal in Jacksonville, but probably not nationally or Brett Hastings either, right? And so those people where the State Department's not really worrying about it and people aren't beating the drum politically to try to get you out find themselves in incredibly tough places. And so when you're an average person and you find yourself in a hostile uh, legal environment overseas, you're not going to have the State Department push for you in the same ways that here, uh, uh, you know, Ms. Griner did. Yeah, by the way, Hayes Carlin is the one who is big internationally, but other, but, 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 but other than him. But I have I diplomatic <laughs> immunity. He's, he's so big in Europe, I forgot. Yeah, that, you know? that's right. He's on billboards everywhere. Brett, I thought when Griner and her team lost the appeal that she may never be freed. Were you surprised that this was actually able to be worked out? Um, I thought it would end up getting worked out. I, okay. You know. I don't want to get into politics today, but I will tell you, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this was a political hot-button topic in America, right? Yeah. And part of what you'd see go in the trade doesn't really seem like they would be equitable, you know, to me, or similar. Uh, and so I think sometimes these are political in nature. And look, we got somebody back, and we go and hold it up. You know, there are a lot of people in similarly situated uh you know, types of situations all over the world that we're not talking about today. I think that's the one thing that hopefully this raises awareness, you know, for other people. Uh, the, the because, best, go ahead. Go on. No, no, you go on. Oh, no, I was just saying the best thing you said is an awareness of what happens when you travel. That well, well beyond the politics of it, well beyond it, 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 it ended up with an American coming home, which is the best thing. Uh, the but the the message you sent when we started this thing is the best message, and that is. Be careful. Be careful. The rules are different when you leave the states, and that is the best message of all. That and hopefully, maybe some 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 other people's troubles are saved by this. By this, so hopefully it is. Right. Right. And, and and in most locales are fine, you know. But Russia, Cuba, other places, be careful. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about tomorrow. Are you excited? I'm excited. Tell people, for people that don't know, give them an idea what to expect uh, on our program tomorrow. Yeah. It, to me, it's my favorite day of the year. Like you said, super proud of the fact that this will be our 10th year. Uh, tip back toy drive. It's to benefit the big brothers and big sisters of North Florida, a fantastic organization. As you said, when we first started it, I was, you know, hopeful that we would be able to supplement a lot of these um, children's Christmas. And what I was able to find out in, in working with this fantastic organization is that the toys that are brought tomorrow and that we get during the show are very often the only toys uh, that these children get. Now, over the years, I've been able to be a part of the parties, and we get letters, and, and kids send us thanks for the toys that the listeners on this show bring, and it is fantastic. Uh, you said this years ago. It's always resonated with me, Frank. This day and this toy drive just sort of always reminds you of how good people are, right? And so when we hear the things that we talk about in sports and courts, it's fantastic to have a day like this. It'll be at um, the Ale House right there on Hodges. Uh, the toy drive will be from 4 to 7. You guys will be broadcasting from 3 to 6. Opportunity to kind of hang out with everybody, hopefully for a little bit, for a little while, for an hour after. And we've strategically chosen that because there's a Target and a Walmart close by. And uh, what we look for are unwrapped gifts for children up to the age of 18. Uh, my preference, but you, you do what you want to do is to get things to get kids outside, you know, footballs, bikes, any of those types of things. I can't tell you what wonderful feedback we get back every year from big brothers, big sisters. This has grown every year. If you come in, we'll give you a ticket for a drink. You know, we'll have some other apps and some other things. It's a fantastic time, you know. So instead of just going to a normal happy hour on a Friday, go give a toy to a kid that's probably not going to get anything else. And you feel good about it. The people that come out every year, it's fantastic. You know, it's literally my favorite uh, day of the year. I'm here at the firm. Once I wrap up today, I go shopping with my boys, and that's kind of become a tradition. I've gotten texts from other people. They were texting. They come and go every year. There's a wonderful couple who comes every year. They never had children. They go and shop every year and bring in their gifts. It's fantastic. It's easy to do. And you know what? If, if people can't make it, buy and want to drop stuff off at the firm, you can do that. Go to HastingsInjuryLaw.com, drop it stuff off with us. If you don't even have the time to come into the L House, pull up. We'll signal in. We'll send out people and staff between our firm and big brothers and big sisters, and we'll come out there and get the toys. I appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm for it, Brett. It's a great day. It's our favorite day as well. So we will see you tomorrow at the Ale House. That's Miller's Ale House, Miller's Ale House at the corner of Beach and Hodges. Can't wait to see it. Brett, thanks, man. See you tomorrow. You got it. Take care. All right. Brett Hastings, the Hastings Injury Law Firm. You can, hear, you can hear the energy in his voice and the enthusiasm in his voice and how excited that is for him. And, look, we have a lot of great toy drives going on. Joe Cowart and a lot of folks at the radio station have done wonderful toy drives. Santa Lamb, David has been so committed to that. Gosh, so much of his radio career. So we're, we're, we're just one small part of all that. And please give to whichever ones uh, make the most sense for you. But we will be at uh, Beach and Hodges at, at the L House. We've done this. I didn't realize it was 10 years already. But, golly, we can't wait. And, and the, the, the amount of toys to come in, and we will stick around. I'll be there for sure till 7 o'clock to get to know you and, and walk around and say hello to some of the folks after we're on the air. We'll do it while we're on the air, too. So really look forward to that tomorrow night. It's going to be an awful lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it. We'll take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program in news and notes. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. 
All right, gentlemen. We're going to start with a little announcement. As a love announcement. I love it. Before we get to news and notes, I want to tell everyone that it is now sponsored by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. Frank, I know you know the Sheffields, mm-hmm. and they do such a fantastic job. If you are interested in going offshore fishing or inshore fishing, they have two different boats. The boat that goes offshore is absolutely incredible. It's a 50-foot custom Carolina named Helios. You can catch all sorts of stuff that you will then be bragging about, take lots of pictures. It will be a perfect Christmas present if you're looking to buy for your dad, for your brother, for a client. You can find them at doubledupsportfishingcharters.com, and you can book your charter. It literally is the best present if you're looking for someone who's difficult to buy for and they love to fish i love it i love it very cool so there you have it all right let's get it going with a little nfl news the rams want to see how john wolford is but baker mayfield may end up playing in the game even though it feels like he just got there i've always been a baker mayfield fan but i hope john wolford's healthy and can play i think the john wolford story is fantastic he this is a jack this guy grew up in jacksonville grew up in my neighborhood by the way i mean this is a jacksonville kid uh went to bishop kenny was jacksonville kid the whole time until he went to wake forest I hope he plays, and I hope he becomes a regular starter in the league, and I'm a, I'm a big John Wolford fan, so I'm glad Baker Mayfield's there, but I hope John Wolford's able to play. Yeah, I would start Wolford if he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, to me. And they're going to, to if he's yeah, healthy. I mean, to, to ask Mayfield to go in there, and I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the Rams are trying to get out of there season at this point yeah. probably um, a whole lot of nothing yeah. other than but, but they can't even tank because it's not their pick right. right it goes to the lions yeah the rams showed you how to win a super bowl but then be absolutely miserable after that and i think it's going to take a rebuild at some point in time the falcons will start rookie quarterback desmond ritter against the saints over marcus mariota mariota by the way do 12 million dollars next year so they have to make a decision yeah well, he'll, he'll be cut yeah, yeah. He, that, that's an easy decision and that's it we knew it even before this decision. But hey, that's what you do. You play the young quarterback. I mean, if you're going nowhere, you play the young guy. I think that's pretty standard operating. I, I, I think Malik Willis would be playing if the, if the Titans were 3-9. and nine. That's what you do. I'm interested in seeing Ritter. Yeah, I thought in the preseason he you know, showed some things that you know, could be positive. So uh, I, I think it's the right decision. I don't know what kind of you – know, it's tough because Kyle Pitts is out now for the year. Um, you know, so it's – it's not a great group around him, but at least Atlanta will get some sense of what they have uh, quarterback with Ritter as they uh, move on into the offseason. Here locally, we are watching Trevor Lawrence's toe. He did not practice yesterday. He wasn't out there today during the media viewing portion, but that's a very small portion. I have not seen the injury report for today. I'm assuming the Jaguars are waiting on the Titans. But do you feel comfortable that Trevor's going to play against the Titans? There's no doubt in my mind he's going to try and play. Now, if it hurts, if he hurts it while in the game, I think you got to have C.J. Beathard ready, but I would be very surprised if uh, I mean, he said it yesterday. He said his plans to play the game. I, I, I'd be if he doesn't. Is it if he doesn't start the game? I'd be shocked. Now, can he play and can he twist it? Here's what. Here's where, it, where it's, a, it's not a factor when you're throwing and it's on your it's on your plant foot. It's moving around the pocket. It hurts. The thing hurts. I mean, he. he I can tell you what I've been told is that he's that, that there's no structural damage. He's not going to hurt it any worse because there's, there's nothing hurt. But it hurts. I mean, he's jammed. It's a, it's a serious toe injury. That your toes hurt. I mean, you're, you know, you're on him the whole time. So, uh, so I, I'd be surprised. Very surprised. He's going to start the game. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. But you got to see if it holds up. I'm curious how you can can you shoot up a toe? Uh, oh I, yes. I don't know. Like I, I wonder if yes, you can yeah, shoot up a toe. I, I think I think he'll. Then I would think they'll. Give him the shot, and, and he'll play. And he'll have a steel plate, by the way. He'll have a plate in his protecting shoe. Uh, he'll the toe. have a protective plate, probably steel, protecting the toe. He'll have custom, customized into his shoe. 
I mean, it's the NFL, you know. So it's a uh, you can. So I think he'll, it'll be as protected as you can. My guess is he's, he's in no danger of injuring his foot. The whole question is, can you how much the, the pain tolerance? And not just pain tolerance, but does the pain affect how you play? And so, but I think my guess is Trevor Lawrence will play, and you won't notice a significant difference. And that's certainly the injury we've been talking the most about. By the way, I had a minor toe procedure, and in order to fix it, they shot my toe up multiple times. So that's why I'm confident that they can shoot up a toe. Good. I've had that uh, experience before, uh, although. And she, and, she, and she threw for 348 yards that day. Okay, <laughs> I was so, gonna say, I didn't, so there you go. I was just going to say, I didn't yeah, necessarily right, have to okay, go out and right, do anything yeah, athletic so. after that, but either that's neither here nor there. Uh, there are some other injuries, though, that I, I think Jaguars fans may have kind of skipped over. I think most fans probably thought that Andre Cisco would be pretty much back this week, and I think that's still up in the air. And now Chad Muma has an ankle injury also up in the air. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and we don't know if either one of them are going to play. You know, you do know what happens. Though if Cisco doesn't play, they put they put Dewey in there, and then they move forward. The question becomes: If Chad Muma can't play, uh, Devin Lloyd really struggled. I mean, it was a, it was a real struggle for Devin. That doesn't mean he won't be a good player. They got to figure out where he belongs, what position he wind up playing. But uh, but it was a real struggle. I mean, it was a, a genuine struggle for him. So uh, yeah, that that's something to keep an eye on if Chad Muma can play because they they feel like Chad is a real natural inside linebacker, and maybe Devin wasn't as natural at that one spot. I'd love to have Cisco Sunday uh, mm-hmm. because I, th- I think the, the defensive lineup that they played against Baltimore with the multiple safeties uh, or extra safety, I, I think that would make a lot of sense in trying to slow down the Tennessee Titans. A little college football Billy Napier announced today that Florida will start Jack Miller against Oregon State in the Las Vegas. Game. Yeah, and even though we kind of assume that it's good to hear him say it. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I've, I've no idea how good he'll be, if he'll be good, bad, whatever. But 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 I will say this. I'm I don't. I don't. I have no idea if he's going to be their quarterback next year. I don't know if he's, no idea if he's going to be there next year. College football's never been more uncertain in so many areas. But it's four quarters to watch this. If he stays healthy, it's four quarters to watch this guy that we heard a lot about when he transferred in. So at least, at least for one day, we get to see what he's like. I'm actually now more excited about this game yeah. than I was because me too. You know, I, I feel like if it was going to be Max Brown, okay, he's not staying in Gainesville, and if it's going to be a walk on, okay, say no more. But this is a guy that was an Ohio State Buckeye mm-hmm. who at least you would think has some degree of talent. We were all underwhelmed in the spring game with him, but that was eight months ago. Right. Uh, and, and obviously hasn't played, but it at least gives me some intrigue into, well, maybe there's something there with Jack Miller, not so much as the starter for 2023. Right. I think that's got to be an experienced uh, portal quarterback. But you would like it if Jack Miller performed well and you had – an example, Sam Hartman is your starter next year. Rashada is your mm-hmm. backup with Jack Miller in the room as well. That you know that would give you three options that at least you'd feel pretty good about your depth. By the way, a little birdie told me that Jack Miller has looked good at practice, so that is good news uh, so far. Better than little, certainly I'll, not looking good. Who doesn't love a little birdie giving you information? Of course. Uh, this does not count as draft talk. Mel Kuyper has his top prospects out. We're not going through all the prospects, but we're focusing on Anthony Richardson. That's why it's not considered draft talk. Kuyper said that Richardson, he has him, by the way, at 19th in his top prospects. He said Richardson is still very raw. His mechanics and footwork need a lot of work. He has accuracy issues on shorter throws that should be easier. And yet, the arm strength and dual threat ability are so intriguing that a team near the end of round one absolutely could take him and let him develop. And that's what I think is going to happen. A team near the end of round one, somebody in round two, is going to say, you know what, it's now worth taking a crack at it. And I, and I, and I said this all along, Hayes, he will slay this next chapter. He will slay the interviews, um, uh, workouts, 
There's no defense now. The, the, the next time he says the, de- he's, the next time he sees a defensive player will be at in 2025. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> or try, I was going to say training camp. But the next time he says it sees the defensive player will be in practice. He, there's no defensive guys at pro days. There's no defense. The broom doesn't count. There's no defensive guys at pro days. There's no defensive guys at the combine. Uh, he will. He will be very. He he spins it. I heard you say something on helmets and heels. That's exactly right, Lauren. He throws a great ball. This isn't a guy throwing wobblers out there. He throws a beautiful, tight spiral, a thousand miles an hour. So those are the things they're going to watch. So he's going to. I, I think Kuiper's right. I think end of the first round, second round, he's going to get drafted. He's not going. He's not a top ten pick. I don't think but he's going to get drafted. Yeah, I, I would say that. If I had to put the over under, I'd probably put it at twenty four and a half. Yeah. Right now for yeah. Richardson, yeah. It, it you know that's that's probably that's right. where yep. you know again. But we'll see. I mean, he, the traits are unbelievable, but there's not you know the player leaves a lot to be desired. I would say. And we can go back to Trey Lance, Josh Allen, those types of quarterbacks at schools certainly much less uh, exciting than Florida. Uh, they got drafted yeah, very yeah. early, third and seventh respectively. Yeah. In fairness to Anthony Richardson, and I've been very critical of him. But if Anthony Richardson this past year had played against the defensive guys that played that, that Wyoming plays against, he probably would have had statistically a way better year. I mean, Josh Allen played against guys that Wyoming. Now, he wasn't nearly as ready to play when he got to the NFL. But, I mean, and I don't know who Wyoming plays. I have no idea. Colorado State? Sure. Idaho? I mean, I really don't know. I mean, whoever they play, I'm guessing Anthony Richardson would be pretty good against those guys. I would guess the same thing. I saw this list on USA Today Sports, six coaching assistants that could be in line for the next big job. We're not going to go through all of them, but if I'm an FSU fan, Hayes, I don't like the fact that my offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, is top of the list. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it it seems like FSU's really got a great thing going. Everybody's coming back, it seems like, and it doesn't feel like they uh, are going to have any massive staff turnover yet. Uh, Now, if if they have a, a huge year again in 2023, then, yeah, Mike Norvell's probably going to lose some assistance to head coaching jobs. Yeah, but you know what? He lost his offensive coordinator last year, who's really good, Kenny Dillingham, and they just got better. So I think Mike Norvell runs that offense. And Dillingham got a head job, didn't he? He, he went to Oregon. Arizona State. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Kenny Dillingham went from, from coordinator at FSU to coordinator at Oregon to head coach at Arizona State, and FSU got better. So I think it's that offense is Mike Norvell's offense. I missed this tweet until today. Aaron Murray tweeted out a few days ago. Not only is Stetson Bennett going to New York City, he has moved into GOAT status at Georgia. He's the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. Agree or disagree, Frank? He's the most, he will certainly be the most accomplished. Okay. Greatest. I'm not sure what greatest is. He's certainly the most. He, he will win it because I think they're going to win it again. What did Tarkenton do at, in college? I don't think they won it. They didn't. Yeah. I think he'll be the most accomplished. Now, Greatest, I don't know, but also, so, I mean, hey, you know, winning's winning. So, yeah, hard to argue, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, Stafford never even won a division. So, if you're looking at it, he's got, I mean, from a winning standpoint, I don't think there's any debate at all. Aaron Murray came close, but certainly yeah. didn't get there. Uh, did you see this story? Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson announced that he was entering the transfer portal and tweeted this out. I did. With that being said, since I'm not very tough and Leach is glad I'm leaving, I will be entering my name into the portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Yeah, he, that's Le- a mistake. Le- 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 Leach told him, he gets that I may leave. Leach probably said, you're not tough enough here anyway, go ahead. That's what, that, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the kid said, I'm thinking about leaving, and Lee probably said, you're not tough enough for me anyway. Go ahead and leave. Here's the thing. If I'm giving advice to any high school running backs out there, I probably wouldn't go to Mississippi State. Right. 
Mike Leach wants to pass the ball, throw the ball, pass the ball, throw the ball. He could care less about running. That's why they're not a very balanced team, although they were against Ole Miss in that victory. But still, I wouldn't do that. I want to hit the baseball world real quick, Frank. We talked about Aaron Judge yesterday. Wilson Contreras, the former Cubs catcher, five-year deal worth $87.5 million with the Cardinals to replace Yadier Molina. And speaking of the Cubs, they signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year deal worth $17.5 million and Jameson Tyon, the pitcher, to a four-year contract worth $68 million. That's two good players. I, I, think, uh, I think Bellinger will have a bounce back here. You know how I feel about Tyon, one of my favorite players, so he'll be, they'll be good. But Contreras to the Cardinals is a big one. The Cardinals already have doggone Goldschmidt. They have Arenado, and now they're going to have Contreras. The Cardinals are going to be really good. The Car- and the Cardinals are quietly going to be a really, again, be a really, really good team. By far the best team in, in that division. And you said yesterday you wonder how the Padres have all this money. I certainly never saw the Red Sox being a team that was selling off players, but Xander Bogart's 11-year, $280 million deal, deal with how the Pods. About, how about that deal? That kind of money for Xander Bogart's. I mean, and it moved Fernando Tatis to the outfield. I mean, he's got 12 more games to be suspended, so, so there you go. By the way, I know you wanted to know this. Hey, let me do this. San Jose State, New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii, Colorado State, Boise, and Fresno State. That's a gauntlet. That's who Wyoming plays. Yeah, okay. it's a gauntlet. Because right after I said that, I said, well, who do they play? Yeah. So there you go. Do you get a sense that this draft coming up is not all that heavy on good offensive players? Yeah, I, and I, I'm not a draft Nick, so I, I'm, I'm certainly not even going to look at it until, until the season's over. Like even but, Bryce but, Young and C.J. Stroud, I don't, well, I don't view as yeah. like. Oh, well, here's the deal. No doubters in the I NFL. I was surprised. Kuyper, Will Levis? Kuyper has yeah. Levis ahead of both. He well, has Levis fourth overall, right? Third well, overall. Third yeah. overall. Well, if Levis is third overall, then your answer is then, and, then the answer is absolutely. And, and even at like receiver, the best receiver in the the country can't enter the draft. It's Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. The you know, I mean, it, you look at the like looking at his list. Like I'm sitting there thinking, boy, this is a lean year. If you need again, this goes back to good job by the Jaguars to get Calvin Ridley. Yeah, because I, I don't know that there's that much from yeah. a receiver. Yeah. There's yeah. the Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer, who's a, who's a you know, a, a, I would say better than most tight ends. Yep, better than most number one tight ends in a draft. But, uh, but boy, it just seems lean. There's, like, basically two or three running backs. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And some be, guys will come out of nowhere that you they don't will. know. Sure. But there's, there's certainly lean among guys that you watched in college. That's your point. Guys that we yeah. know. There's certainly, I know I agree with that. So, so the, the, the big difference is we get ready to go to break here and, and, or get ready to wrap the program and send it over to our friends at Jaguars Happy Hour. I will tell you this. The big difference is the quarterbacks now that are the most successful don't have the NFL bodies. So Will Levis has the NFL body. So he's certainly ahead of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, I mean, uh, um, Bryce Young, but they're way better players, way better players. Yeah, so I mean, we, we, I was shocked when I saw Levis was ahead of those. Yeah, because he's just okay. I mean, he he's Anthony Richardson. It, I it, might it, take Anthony over Will, uh, based off of what I saw from yeah. both of them this season. I might yeah. trade the pick. Yeah, yeah. So so so, <laughs> so there you go. All right, folks, that'll just about do it for our program. I do want to remind you tomorrow, live from the Ale House. We're very excited about that. We'll be live at the Ale House. Um, Miller's Ale House at Beach and Hodges for our toy drive, and we are so excited about that. Uh, what Brett said is the truth now. The, re- the reality is it may be the only toy that kid gets. Don't pass up an opportunity to help. Please come see us tomorrow. Please bring a toy. Unwrap toy. We're so, so, so excited about it, and it's our one time of the year to, uh, to do something uh, that truly that special. We're out of here. Don't go anywhere. Jaguars happy hour, including the Doug Peterson Show. Comes up now on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. For Hayes, for Lauren, for Gibby, who's absent today, and Dylan, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.